Welcome to Shout Your Cause with Sally Hendrick, a digital magazine where you can get found, get heard, and get inspired with content that challenges us to be globally minded. Our focus is on raising awareness around social justice issues, cultural differences, and to bring you the people dedicating their lives to tackling challenging topics as their way of giving back. Let us be your advocate to make your voices heard around the world. Hey, everybody, this is Sally Hendrick with Shout Your Cause, and I'm so excited to have Double D Mother today, the real Double D Mother, also known as Tiffany Jones. Welcome. Thank you. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate it. You're welcome. I really am so glad and humbled that you uh, said yes, you would come on the podcast. I have been following you on TikTok for over a year and absolutely love your content, love the way you bring across the current news and the, the mess that's going on out there. So thank you. Oh, you're so welcome. I'm so glad to be here. Awesome. Awesome. Well, speaking of podcasts, now that you're on this one, tell me, you've got a brand new podcast you just started. What's it called? Uh, it's called The Real Tea with Double D. I am so excited about it. It's going well. Um, I really love it. I'm going to be discussing politics. And then I'm also going to be discussing um, maybe some personal episodes here or there. Uh, just, mm -hmm. some, just some personal things about my life. But mainly it's going to be running down the big news stories of the day or either every other day. <laughs> are you doing a, are you going to do... Uh, an episode every couple of days or so? Yes, I'm going to try to put out an episode every couple of days. I've been, um, what I've been trying to do is kind of spread my content out or just do a little bit like on TikTok and then say, hey, I'll talk about this in detail on my podcast. But I'm going to try to do an episode at least every other day. Now, I've been, I've been really good at doing it every day except for the weekend because mm -hmm. I just, I just really got it started last week. So I'm thinking I'm going to try to do it every day, especially if there's some ooey gooey news that comes out. <laughs> well, yeah, ooey gooey news. Well, and it's easier to, to really expand what you mean, because it's so hard to be misinterpreted mm -hmm. in a one minute video on TikTok. Like Absolutely. you can try to cover a topic, but the deeper you want to go with it, you just can't get there. Exactly. Exactly. And I love the podcast because I don't have to get dressed for it. I can literally just uh, pop on my headphones and start recording. And I love that. <laughs> exactly. You know, what's funny is that my first season of this podcast, I went way overboard with editing the video and having us side by side and talking over on and having that on YouTube where you could see the video. And then I would embed it on my blog and I did all this stuff. And it was just like, this is a lot of work mm -hmm. and so finally for this season I streamlined it I've got a little uh one of my my favorite software program that I use for my business has a podcasting feature on it mm -hmm. so I use that as well and it's made it so much easier and everything so it's I commend you for trying to do it every day but I will say that if you do it once a week or you do it less often, don't worry, you're still going to get heard. And, you know, you could even do a wrap up of the week because committing for that much every day or every other day is it's, it's a big commitment. It takes, oh, yes. takes a lot to do it. 
Oh yes, it does. Yeah. It does. And with my babies, I have my kids, so it's hard. Yeah. I have to do it late at night once they go to bed. So that's a whole nother story. But anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And um, and if you ever wanted any guests on there, I'm sure the back and forth commentary would be fun too. Mm-hmm. Makes it easier. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's always good. So I love the fact that you use a lot of different news sources. You always have like a, a picture in the background behind you showing your news source. Tell me, how is it that you choose a news source and deem it to be a viable source, one that you can trust? What, where do you start with that? Typically, um, when I'm looking for stories or sometimes stories find me, if you believe it or not, they kind of find me because I've, uh, I've amassed a following where people will alert me when there are certain things that's going on. But um, I have a lot of, uh, I have a lot of apps on my phone, like I have the Newsbreak app and I have um, CNN and I have several sources. Now, the, the good thing about me is I'm not just going to check one story. I mean, one place. I'm going mm-hmm. to go to multiple places. Like if there's something, let's say there's a lawsuit that has been filed and it pops up on CNN, but CNN doesn't have a copy of the actual lawsuit. Um, I'm a paralegal by trade. So I will go and find the actual, uh, the actual filing and I'll put that behind me. And sometimes I'll read it to make sure that CNN has gotten it correct. Not saying that CNN will be wrong, but I just have to be careful with what I put out because I really want it to be really um, accurate news. So the first thing that um, I'll do if something pops on my phone, I may scurry on over to Twitter to see what people are saying. (laughs) And then after that, I start digging and doing my research. And that's just simply looking at different news articles. If there's a lawsuit, I look up the case. If there's Um, any other videos like if it's something that they said that this person had said on video I will go and dig and try to find the video and nine times out of ten you're going to be able to find that video on Twitter all the time really okay yeah so tell me how do you search on Twitter to find things what do you start with I just go up to the search bar and I'll type in um, just say I was looking for something on Matt Gates and let's say Matt Gates uh got married like when he got married recently right so I'll just type in Matt Gates married and it'll pop up like the pictures popped up um what little uh little clips that not excuse me what other news articles that possibly were out there because unfortunately uh-huh. with that one I was a little bit late but sometimes I'm early where there is no news articles and then I have to do the research myself if that makes sense. I love those. You know, what's so funny is that I'll send uh, videos or I'll make videos or I'll find something and I will explain it to some of my family members and they will be like, no, that's not true. (laughs) And then like four days later, it'll be national news. And then they'll call me and they'll say, how did you know that? Like so early. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, because I'm on the ground with the grassroots where the news is being made. And that's what I'm listening to and looking at. And plus a lot of people don't really realize when they're not news junkies like us, Mm -hmm. they're not out there realizing that the national news is just lifting up the news from the ground. Exactly. They're not breaking it. Mm-hmm. You have to, you have to be like for, um, for Texas, I'm, I have the Texas Tribune. Like I, uh, I subscribe yeah. to them because they have that low level news. That's going to take maybe a day or two to hit, you know, public. I remember when this whole scandal went down with Matt Gates. 
and I'm actually subscribed to, um, oh my God, I think it's the Centennial. I think it is. That's in uh, Florida. And mm-hmm. it was when he, when that first scandal broke, whenever they were saying he was being investigated, I knew it before it even hit like CNN and all that and reported it because I was in with the, I think it's called the Centennial, the Centennial News. So, yeah. Yeah. I think you're right about that. I think I've, I've looked into that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, makes a lot of sense. One of the things I want to bring up that you would be interesting to you and it kind of goes along the same lines last year when schools were getting ready to open in 2020 and you know how there was just so much chaos just like it was this year except this year I'm not sure what the heck the politicians were doing but Mm -hmm. last year um, there were just all this the delays and the cases and things happening in the summer and it wasn't getting reported in the news correctly and it wasn't going up to the national level and people who were on the ground paying attention to reports here and there they're like this is crazy this is this is not okay there were teachers groups that were discussing it there was so much chaos and disorganization amongst the whole school everything and politics and everything it just wasn't making any sense And this girl that was in, gosh, I I feel like she was in Kansas City, but I'm not 100% sure. I'd have to go back. Her name was um, Morris, something Morris, Alyssa or Alicia Morris. And I interviewed her and she was a teacher getting ready to go back to school and she was teaching like theater or something like that. And she started really paying attention to the news and she was gathering up all these articles from everywhere and she was creating her own database of what was happening in schools around the country and she ended up getting picked up by every major news network for personal interviews all over the place and I interviewed her on the podcast as well I was like we've got to talk because I really want to discuss this issue and it was just so fascinating but school was getting ready to start and the NEA which is the National Education Association they asked her if they could take over the database. And she said, yes, because I can't do this. I'm getting ready to start teaching school and I can't keep following all the news. She said she she wasn't sleeping. She was just really worried. And it was a, a, a very different, a very different emotional energy back then, I guess. Mm-hmm. But it was so interesting to see how she was taking all of the individual reports around the country and was able to actually compile quite the database of proof about the situation that we were heading into. Do you want to stand out from the crowd with your content? Come discover how to market yourself as an expert, as a change maker, as a positive influence on other people's lives. With the Exponential Marketing Club, you will learn the ins and outs of content marketing that makes a difference in the world. Visit sallyhendrick.com forward slash club. Wow, that's amazing. And you yeah. have a lot of dedication to do something like that. She's the real MVP for that. I can guarantee you that. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I look at you as the same way. But I want to tell you that I have to say you're so freaking entertaining Please just do your little thing. You always say, hey, players, and that's yes. your hashtag as well. Hey, players. Uh-huh. Yes. And um, but tell what you always say. This is Double D Mova bringing oh. you do that for me, please. This is Double D Mova with the Black Year News where I'm Black and the news is always pettiest but accurate. 
Oh, yes, yes, yes. I, I, I heard the petty as heck part uh, earlier today, which was so funny. Um, and, and then the blacker news where I'm black and the news is always accurate. It's just, mm-hmm. I love it. It's so creative. Thank All right. You. So tell me, who are some of your, uh, who are some of your favorite TikTokers out there? Well, I have um, Under the Desk News, of course, the, uh, V. Do you know Under the Desk News? You know, I do know, but I, I've never talked with her. But you know what? I probably ought to reach out to her. She's great. She's great. And she will talk with you. She's great. She's a great person. She embraced me when I had about maybe 100,000, maybe 200,000 followers at the time uh-huh. I was covering the uh, Derek Chauvin trial. And she actually told all her followers, hey, I'm not covering it, but someone who's covering it really well is Double D Mother. I didn't even know she watched my content. And um, she actually uh, put a whole bunch of people, got, gained a whole bunch of followers from that. And she and I, we, we, we talk all the, all the time. So um, I, I love her. And then also Sakethia is another uh, creator that I enjoy. She doesn't do politics, but mm-hmm. she does uh, motivational I really enjoy Sakethia. She is uh, what she's actually a really good friend of mine and has helped me tremendously with her motivational talks. But we also just become friends, so I really enjoy uh, her content. And then, let's see. I really don't. You know, I'm going to be honest with you because I'm always on TikTok um, doing content. It's it's rarely that I get to watch uh, content, and that's really sad for me to say but I don't get to watch a whole lot of content. Um, Let me try to see. There's another political TikToker that I really enjoy. Um, Let me see. Crazy, what is that? Crazy Mother Runner? Crazy Mother Runner. Yeah, I really enjoy. Jessica. Yeah, I love when she does the uh, tinfoil hat deal. So. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, She's another one that I uh, really enjoy content. Very (laughs) original content. She's she's funny. She's she's really hilarious. And then last but not least, another person that I talk to outside the app is Lisa, uh, the news lady that she does. um, She's actually a real like um, journalist uh, reporter. And she Uh does like the she does the deep dive into all the financial stuff that's going on. You know, the are you talking about the blonde woman and hers? Oh, she's so good. She is, and she's a sweetheart. And she was following me and I didn't even know. And she and I saw it and then we started inboxing each other and we've been cool ever since. She's really a good uh, a good person to have. I know, yeah, and you can tell she's definitely like a, a real on TV newscaster type yeah. type woman yeah yeah I've been following her a while too I love to get her rundowns because she really does break down all of the details on some of these more difficult legislative type things mm-hmm. that maybe you know the normal person's not going to understand and yeah. she really does break it down and and make it simple to understand yeah. I, st- I stopped covering it after I saw a lot of her re- reporting because mm-hmm. I don't have the time to sit and read 180 pages of a budget reconciliation I can kind of no, really some of the, yeah I don't have that time for that so I just go to her and if anybody wants to know anything I suggest you go over to Lisa and she'll and she'll make it do what it do for sure <laughs> nice nice okay so I know that you are in Louisiana but mm-hmm. I don't know exactly where but every do you know people that have had uh, been displaced how's how are things going down there as far as since Hurricane Ida has come through there's actually um uh there's actually a uh i guess you would call it um for evacuees 
we have a place here for them that they created at the uh, the rec center. And there's mm-hmm. about three, there's about 300 people there. And actually my husband and I just did Saturday, took some more supplies over there for them. Um, they were asking for supplies again on Facebook. So they need, they, they're, they're constantly in need of like Lysol wipes and Lysol and things like that, trying to keep it clean. But there yeah. are several of them there, but they're supposed to be going back because the mayor just announced, I believe it was Friday, that um, people that were displaced can start going back home. Here where I live, we only got uh, wind and rain and I got one tree limb on my house and I believe maybe a few trees fell in t- town because it was about 45 mile an hour uh, rain, uh, winds but Mm -hmm. it didn't affect us that way. So we have some of the evacuees here. One of my best friends, his name is Derek. He lives in New Orleans. He went to Houston and he he just went back this weekend as well. So that's the only people that I know, but it's been really uh, sad to see what Hurricane Ida did. People Mm -hmm. are just now getting their electricity back. There's still about 300,000 people that don't have electricity in and around New Orleans and also Mississippi. So- um, that's really devastating, but they are working on it. There was a lot of damage to the grid as well as um, a lot of power lines down, trees fell. So it was to ex- be expected, but um, not for this long. So hopefully they can get that running as soon as possible. Yeah, and it's hot. And and, and it's I'm in Nashville, Tennessee. So it's mm-hmm. hot here, but it is not like Louisiana hot. Uh, it's just a whole different kind of hot. Exactly. They You could literally cut the humidity with the knife. Like the next day, I thought about all of those people being out of uh, electricity and how hot it is. Like it was 97 degrees, but the humidity, you literally Mm -hmm. walk outside and you were just drenched. And that's the horrible part. It was so bad for people that they were taking their, their like, like sitting in their cars to keep cool. And then that's bad because um, they were running out of gas and then there's no gas around. So it was just a mess, but things are getting back you know, they're, they're starting to uh, build back better. I love to say that they're, they're starting yeah. to build back better. And I, and, and I think it's, it's going to be okay. Turn what you know into what you do. Join the platform with the most ways to monetize what you know, whether it's online courses, coaching, memberships, podcasts, newsletters, communities, or more. Kajabi gives you all the tools you need to build, market, and sell it with just a few clicks. Sign up at sallyhendrick.com forward slash Kajabi. That's K-A-J-A-B-I. So I want to get just a little bit into some of these characters out there. And I'm talking about the political characters, (laughs) the ones that are causing so much ruckus around this country. What was it that made you start reporting on, uh, let's say, like Musty Marjorie or uh, Frumpy Dump Trump or Lauren Bobert <laughs> or whatever <laughs> nicknames do you have? You know, like what made you pick up wanting to report on politics? I came to TikTok during the pandemic, and it was literally supposed to be a vice for me to make move remake movies and dance and just have a good time and do things that I really just can't do around people that really know me so I was Mm -hmm. like well you know I can just do that on on there and I really love movies so I only thing I ever saw was people on TikTok redoing movies 
So I was like, you know, I'm just going to do that. And then one day I was strolling and I saw um, Vanessa Douglas, which is another TikToker who I enjoy. I forgot her. Uh, Vanessa Douglas, she was talking about Breonna Taylor. That was when that wanton endangerment um, uh, charges had came down uh, in her case. Mm -hmm. And she was talking about Breonna Taylor and, and it, it just was like, oh, so people get on here and they actually, you know, talk about things. I can't believe that because at that point I was still on the movie and dancing part of TikTok. I didn't know that was even a thing. Mm -hmm. So I mustered up the energy to, well, the confidence, I would say, not the energy. I mustered up the confidence to make a video about that particular situation and I went from about a thousand followers at that time to like seven or 8,000, just with that one video where I talked about Breonna Taylor. And then Donald Trump, which I call him Frumpy Dump, he mm -hmm. came out with the platinum plan. And if you remember what the platinum plan was, it was just basically a bait and switch type of deal to try to get the black community to vote for him. And also around the same time, I saw a lot of black people saying that their vote didn't count. So I decided to make a TikTok about that and that TikTok about the Donald Frumpy Dump and his platinum plan. And it went viral. From there, I decided that I was making that my initiative to mm -hmm. educate people on the fact that their votes do count and that they need to understand that not only voting for the if you're not vote, if you're saying that your vote doesn't count for the president, then you're definitely not voting in your local elections. So that's what makes me branch out to talking about members of Congress, talking about these lower level people, because if you're not voting for the president of the United States, there's no way that you're voting for your, your judges, your um, chief of police, you know, things mm -hmm. like that. You're not voting for those things. So that's literally what made me want to talk about it. They can see the malarkey that's going on and the fact that they have the power to change it by casting their ballot. Yeah, and you know what happened in Tennessee? Uh, we had a Senate race going on, and gosh, I'm trying to think. Oh, here I am going to bring it up, and then I won't be able to remember her name. Her name was Margaret, and she was out of Memphis and was running for Senate. And, you know, you had the, the typical good old boys doing their thing, and you had a couple of Republicans that were acting like, utter fools when it came to the pandemic and advice and so on and so forth. And they were all having this hot in the media fight. Well, she wasn't having a hot in the media fight with the Democratic candidate. But when it came time for the election, she beat the heck out of the Democratic guy for the primary. And so but she ended up losing against the Republican that won for the, the Senate. But um, that was to replace, I believe it was to replace Lamar Alexander, who had been mm. our Senate senator for a long time on the Republican yes. side. Mm -hmm. and, our, I, and, and we also have um, Marsha Blackburn. Yes, which, I call her Marsha, 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 yeah. Marsha. That's why I say her name. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, it, it was really interesting because there was a grassroots effort and there was a there was a thing going on that just wasn't getting above the radar so people weren't seeing it necessarily so when she came up and won it was it was like oh wait a second maybe our votes do count exactly exactly you know mm -hmm. so uh, that and, and stacy abrams is obviously the queen of of making that happen she's the reason 
but Georgia turned blue and, uh, but you, we have to give credit to all the people on the ground that actually woke up and listened. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. The people that were out doing the footwork and implementing her plan yeah. are definitely instrumental in uh, flipping Georgia. And I'm hoping that we can see some of that in Texas with uh, Beto, who has, you know, kind of mimic, uh, kind of mirrored what Stacey Abrams was doing in Georgia. I believe that he's going to try to, mem- if he doesn't run for governor, I believe that he's going to try to mirror what she done, that what she did, because he's already launched like a drive by voting kind of deal where he will drive to you to get your ballot and help you if you need to get registered and all of that, which I think is going to be awesome for Texas, especially with these new voter restriction laws. Yeah. Which is kind of crazy. I I can't, it's so hard for me to even keep up with what all's going on. I just know that the controversial stuff that's happening is in Texas and in Florida Mm-hmm. for the most part but you've got it in other places too you've got things going on in missouri and arkansas and and iowa and just other places as well and and i've been trying to talk with people from the different areas to see what they know um mm-hmm. when it comes to governor again we're talking let's go back to texas and talk about greg abbott a little bit do you have a nickname for him yet yes his applehead abbott Applehead <laughs> Abbott. Okay, uh, yeah. thank you. I missed that. I missed uh-huh. that. Greg Applehead Abbott. Mm-hmm. Well, he has definitely been a difficult one to stomach. And mm-hmm. these these last week this last week with the because what is today? Today's just the uh what the seventh? The seventh? It's only been it's only been since the first that the abortion law went into effect. And then I think maybe the a couple of videos ago on your TikTok, you talked about, uh, you showed his video where he's talking about, oh, you have six weeks and blah, blah, blah. And that just, it kills me that a man is saying that when I haven't run across any man who realizes that the first two weeks of pregnancy are not even, you're not even pregnant. Exactly. 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 And that's what he was saying there. See, today he signed SB1, which is that voter suppression bill that he had. And mm-hmm. during that, he was asked while he was signing, he he was asked about um, if someone is raped or if it's incest, um, what are they supposed to do? You know, and then that's where he rattles off. Well, yeah, well, he was like, well, you have six weeks. And we will we will do anything to get rid of rapists, rapists. in te- in Texas or whatever. That's that what it's a saying. crime. But yeah, but, yeah, that is a crime. But here's the thing: no, I don't know any woman unless they're really, really trying to get pregnant. I'm talking about like checking their ovulation. I'm talking about someone that's going in to get um, in vitro fertilization that actually knows that they're pregnant before six weeks. I don't know anyone that does that. And then if a person even reports that they that they've been raped on the first day, they're still they still don't know that they're pregnant at that point. And Plan Bs don't always work. Work. So I don't know what Applehead Abbott is doing. I think that he is a, a the. I think he's terrible for the state of Texas. I believe that he has ran the state of Texas into the ground. But this is what's going to be good for Texas is this abortion thing that he just did. That, that is going to piss off some Republicans as well. There are some Republican women that want to be able to get abortions and they're not going to be able to do that in the state of Texas. They're going to have to go to other places. So Applehead, the COVID 
and also this abortion thing is going to end him. I hope so. I hope you're right because, and I hope that it ends DeSantis and Abbott and we've got Bill Lee who just, he, Bill Lee never leads the charge. He's a copycat kind of guy, but he definitely comes in and does the copycat thing, but then he'll turn around and he'll do something like, oh, okay, well, we will let the Nathan Bedford Forrest bust leave the Capitol, but, um, but boy, did it take a long time before that happened. And I live down here downtown and I'm right next to the Capitol. Like it's literally out my back door and, um, and I can walk by, I see all the protests. I see everything that's going on over, over there. And it's just pretty amazing how you've got, you know, a couple of really loud, really emboldened governors that use the worst gaslighting I've ever seen. They're, they, they're very much like Trump has done where let's go talk about this over here, light this fire over here, make you look at that and think that that's what's the problem. And while they turn around and they, you know, pass some obscure little line into some law or something that they will overturn and nobody will understand the significance of it because what they've done is they're like oh let's find a scandal to get everybody focused on that so we can go over here and do what we really meant to do Mm -hmm. exactly exactly you are 100 correct do you have a dog learn unleashed potential dog training secrets with duke ferguson This free video series will get you pro training tips so you can get your dog's attention, eliminate behavioral problems, and enhance your relationship in just 20 minutes a day. Sign up at sallyhendrick.com forward slash dog training. And it's always happening and it seems to continue to happen, but that is the Republicans game. They blame the Democrats for playing a lot of political theater, but they are the, the kings and queens of political theater, 100%. Yeah. Well, it's like dirty below the belt type of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, I'm sure everybody's got their, their thing they want to say about it. I've always been like kind of middle of the road, but when you're talking about the Overton window, which is, you know, the middle of the supposed to be the middle of the road when it's shifted so far to the right over the last 20, 30, 40 years, um, we're not recognizable anymore as a society. Correct. Not in our politics. Mm -mm. No. And it's just getting worse and worse and worse and worse. And I I really don't know what, especially in these Republican led states, just, just think about it. California, they're doing pretty good. You know, even though they got the recall effort of uh, Gavin Newsom, they're doing pretty yeah. decent. You know, um, yeah. even though New York um, with uh, with uh, Cuomo being re- resigned, I mean, mm-hmm. they still they still did OK. He had a few scandals here or there, but they still did OK. I mean, Gavin Newsom had the largest surplus in California history during the pandemic. And he yep. was able to implement one of the largest um, universal free lunch programs for students in, in, mm-hmm. in history. I mean, come on now. So I don't know. I, I just think it's it's just it's just a game there, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And I wish, you know, when you talk about free lunch programs, that's that's a, an issue that's happening here in Tennessee as well. You've got a lot of people who are leaving one area. I talked about this on the last episode with with Jess, Crazy Mother Runner. Um, but basically, what's happening is you've got 
you know, you know how you had white flight in the 60s and 70s mm-hmm. where desegregation was happening in schools and you take Nashville, for example, you've got a lot of people who packed up and moved south towards Franklin, uh, Tennessee, which is where that insane school board meeting happened last month. Yeah. And yeah. And um, basically that's what happens. You've got this white community that went and rebuilt in another place and took their money with them. And they left a lot of the places in Nashville behind, including like East Nashville and, and North Nashville and some other places that took a long time to recover, but have become like the hip and trendy places to be these days. Mm. But what's happening in the small rural areas in Tennessee, like where I'm from, I'm from West Tennessee, just about an hour North of Memphis. And I went to college in Memphis. And so I grew up around a very diverse area as far as the black and white communities. You, you couldn't avoid being uh, segregated, if you will. You know what I mean? There was no place to fly to in those communities. Um, They tried to do it. Obviously they had, you know, different schools that were, that were for uh, people of color versus uh, versus not. And, but once the laws changed, it all, it, it, it all came together and was desegregated. But these days in the last 15 years, now you've got people moving from one zip code to another and then having enough people in the town to build a new school. They're literally leaving behind these older, um, older towns that are very established and they're leaving behind kids in such a way. And I did an analysis on this in my hometown. When they left, they left behind a median income for the society there of about $30,000 and moved to a zip code five minutes away. And now it has a $65,000 median income. And you also go from a 98% uh, school lunch program uh, at the, the prior city and then the new town Um, It's only about 15% on the free lunch program. So talk about walking away and and leaving behind a whole group of people. And that's happening right now. Wow. Wow. That is crazy. And and it's not just there. It's all over the state. Wow. Yeah. Come on now, Tennessee. Come on yeah. now. <laughs> I know it's uh, it, and it makes me it, oh it makes me mad but it also it makes me want to dig in and really show the statistics and show people. It's like look when you have this type of society it was so much better when I was in high school. Granted there was kind of an imaginary line through town about who lived where. But then mm-hmm. of course that started to change. Um but as far as like like my class, when I go back, we had our 30 year reunion a couple of years ago and I went back and out of 175 kids, we had 130 show up and we were all dancing and having a great time all together. We were such a good class. And it almost seems like right after that, because this was like the late eighties, right after that is when everything started to really go downhill in the town and with relations between each other I don't know what unraveled but it's almost like we had this principle that seemed to be the kind of the glue that held things together you know Mm -hmm. um he was a great great man but he retired not long after I graduated so I feel like 
I don't know. It feels, it seemed, just seems like something shifted. And then this whole unraveling of that town started happening. And, but it, and as soon as one town figures out how to do it, they share it with others and they all start doing it. It's kind of like the Republicans share their legislation. Wow. Yeah, I can agree with that. This, this is just, I just don't know. I, I really don't know what to say about that because I didn't know anything about it. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, a, yeah. it's one of my passion projects that I tried to get a grant to do a, a study for it, but I didn't win the grant. But I really wasn't as focused as I needed to be, not since I've been doing the podcast. You know, I, I really decided to focus on the podcast and really bring that up so I could at least, you know, get some awareness going about a lot of the issues happening around the country and just all over the world, really. I've interviewed a lot of different people about a lot of different things. We just happen to be focusing uh, this season on uh, TikTok creators and misinformation and politics and um, immigration and all kinds of different things that we're going to be we're going to be talking about. Would you rather work or would you rather play? If we're going to go through all of this business building stuff, it better be for something that we love doing, right? Take a moment to do this quick life purpose challenge to discover what makes you truly happy. It's free. Visit sallyhendrick.com forward slash life purpose. All right, so really the last thing I want to kind of bring up is what is up with Candace Owens? Can you give me a breakdown of what's her deal? What's she doing? I, you know, I don't uh, typically speak a whole lot about Candace Owens. The reason why is because I don't like to share my uh, platform with people that, uh, that to me are disingenuous and they are opportunists and they, and they do anything for a check. But uh, I, I chose to speak on the the situation that was going on with Candace as of late, because mm -hmm. it was just, uh, it was just too much karma for me. You know, she has dug a, a trench for herself that she will never get out of. Candace Owens is uh, a stain to me on the uh, black community. We, 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 we are uh, anybody that's in the black community for serious, that's seriously in the black community and, and is not embarrassed by her antics should be uh, ashamed. It's okay to be a Republican, a black Republican. It's okay, you know, to have a different belief, a conservative belief, but at the end of the day to use your black skin and your blackness and insult it to make a come up is a, is a complete disgrace. So here recently, Candace has been getting a bit of karma. Now from what I understand of it, this young lady, uh, Kimberly Klasik was actually a, uh, a dancer. A, a stripper or whatever but you know she nope. says that she wasn't she said that she was not this this uh this girl Kimberly Klasik so Candace Owens maybe a few months ago they those two were beefed out about something I don't know they're they're both conservatives you know there can only be one token black girl uh pure uh pure genre so she didn't want to share that limelight with Kimberly Klasik apparently so they were beefed out, upset with each other. And then Candace decided to invite Kimberly Klasik onto her show. Kimberly Klasik said that she couldn't do it um, in the month of August. And then Candace suggested that she come in the, um, 
come in September. And then Candace says this on her Instagram live that uh, Kimberly gets all kind of like offended. Like, what? why are you saying September? Like, what's up with September? Blah, blah, blah. So huh. Candace claims like after this is over, she does research and finds out that uh, Kimberly Klasik was a, uh, a stripper and her husband was the manager of the strip club. Now, when I made this video about this, this went viral on TikTok. It had almost a million views on it. And everyone that's from um, Baltimore, that area that that, uh -huh. that that girl was supposed to be dancing in, they said that she was, you know, that she was a stripper. But it's, I mean, it, it is what it is. I mean, if you if you were a stripper, just just say that. But she sued her. She sued Candace saying that Candace defamed her name and she sued her for $20 million. So that was the first st story that I'd done. And really deep inside, I was kind of hoping that Kimberly was not a stripper because, you know, Candace needs to pay the piper at some point. And I feel right. like that would be nothing but good karma to come back to her. And if she has to pay that girl for defaming her name, but we don't know, I don't know what's going to come out in that. So then after that, Candace, um, so after that, Candace decides that, you know, she she takes a break from social media or some sort. She She's not posting for a couple of days. And we know that's how Candace makes her money is by her engagement on Twitter and Instagram. So she's going to constantly, you know, keep posting. You know, she's going right. to post all the time. So she stops posting. People start noticing. And then they're saying that uh, Candace dropped out of a couple of speaking engagements that were paid. Um, so everybody's speculating that she possibly had COVID and uh -huh. Candace has admitted that she's not vaccinated or anything like that. So everybody's like, where is she? So two hours after people start talking about it, she started back posting again. Then the next day, I guess Candace really wasn't feeling good because she was seeking to get a COVID test. She uh -huh. was in Aspen, Colorado. She tried to go get a, a COVID test and she couldn't, the owner, of the only testing facility in that area besides the uh, public one, you know, tells her no, that I'm not going to give you a COVID test because you've been spreading all this misinformation and making about my COVID. Life, yeah, about COVID and making my life a, a freaking uh, disaster. So no, I'm not going to give you a COVID test. So it was a, really a bit of karma that came back to Candace Owens. And I hope that it continues to drip. And I hope that she, she reaps what she sows. She's not a, um, a decent human being that would use her uh, blackness as a way to, uh, you know, uh, insult her own people. But I digress. <laughs> no, that's fine. I, you know, I went and I actually I didn't know about the classic story. I I just looked up that looked up looked that up while you were talking about it. Um, so I didn't know that part, but I did know about the COVID test and about her being denied for the rapid test by that private clinic. And I saw where she was making a storm about it on Twitter with mm -hmm. all kinds of follow-up and talking about how she's gonna sue and all this stuff and just making a big stink about and, and, that and as well. And she was lying because she said that that lady had received some type of public funding. So she right. was supposed to help her. And that was a lie. That was proved to be a lie. I looked it up myself. That particular company has not received any type of public funding. That is a private business and they have a right to refuse service if they want mm -hmm. to, for whatever reason they want to. So if you want to waste your money spending, uh, uh, suing this lady for absolutely nothing, then you go yeah. right ahead. And I hope that she sues you back and make you pay her, um, pay her uh, legal fees. 
<laughs> well, we wonder how that's going to play out. Who knows? And the thing is, we will never actually get the resolution of this. That's one thing I kind of want to wrap up with this. When it comes to news, it is so hard to actually get the full story, like, mm -hmm. because you'll, you'll get this initial breaking news part of a story. But then what happens two weeks later when somebody says, you know, and I guess we'll see what happens, but then we never see what happens. But yeah. I have noticed, I have noticed that you sometimes will circle back and you'll oh, be yeah. like, hey, here's an update to this or an update mm -hmm. to that. And if we don't have people doing that, we'll never know unless we go searching ourselves and who really does that. No, um, nobody does. And it's it, a lot of things get lost in the sauce. I actually, you know, that we talked about that. I actually looked up what was going on with the case with uh, Frumpy Dump in Georgia. You know, the um, case with Fanny where he uh, called and um, called down and they assembled the grand jury where he called down there and was talking to Brad Rassenberger about changing yeah. the vote, I mean, finding votes or whatever. I actually looked into that just this weekend because I was wondering like, what in the heck is going on with that case? So there's not been any movement, but I did look into it. <laughs> so well, I will it, often like update. Um, if I see something that that's going on that, especially if it caught a lot of interest, I will double back and talk about it again, because it's very important to kind of give people, you know, a, a conclusion that whatever it is that we were working on, it worked or it didn't work, or we got to try again or whatever's going on. So that's very important. It is important. And just to give you an example of what, what's important, think about the fact that Hillary Clinton was blamed for so long on Benghazi, but then nobody realized that the Republicans spent $7 million over two years investigating it to come to the conclusion that the military uh, messed that up. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And yeah, you know, she I'm, never even got her vindication for that. Nobody even really mm -hmm. talks about that. That was gone. And that was lost in the sauce, as, as consciously likes to say. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh -huh. Well, anything else you want to share before we go? Oh, no. I just want to tell all your uh, followers, if y'all want to keep up with The Real Tea, please come over and follow me on TikTok at The Real Double D Mother. I'm also available yes. on Instagram at Double D Mother, Facebook at Double D Mother, Twitter. And you can also listen to my podcast, The Real Tea with Double D. Exactly. And it's available and on Apple and Spotify and all those places. <laughs> yes. And I'm going to put that in the show notes. And so let's wrap this up. Thank you everybody for listening to Shout Your Cause. Today I had at the real Double D Mova, uh, Mova Tiffany Jones. Thank you so much for being here. And that's it for this week. Thank you for listening today. My name is Sally Hendrick. Be sure to visit our website for show notes and more information on how you can inspire others. If you would like to contribute content to our magazine, please apply on our website at shoutyourcause.com. 